You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. No, I just like, like, like pause so I can hit the button. I mean, like focus on the screen over here. It does the thing, okay? All right, all right, okay. Calm down. We got this, okay? Everything's good. Kosher. Anyways, if that red light is to be believed, that means we are live here on another Monday night. Here, on, uh, welcome to Low Key on the Wheeler Terrace Network. I am your host, Harry, aka the Moving Target. Um, if you, you know, this show is going to be just interesting. So, like, I gave space for Reinhold to explain some of the the wacky world that he like he belongs to um so and in our little private little chat room we have have here which if you're a a five thousand dollar and up patreon member you have access to the chat room um uh you could see some of our chats there and uh while it um Vincent was like, I've got an idea for a show. And for some reason he sat there and acted like I would just like would like poo-poo any idea he brought up. And I was just like, no, please, 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 this will be fun. You know, I was a little worried at at, it at first because you don't want to give this boy like too much creativity because he just I don't know. I don't, I, st- I still like to be acceptable on, on, on YouTube, at least, at least right now. But anyways, before I get too long into it, into the explanation of what we're talking to, I should think it should I think I should introduce the cast of character because now they're being polite and actually staying quiet in the back end. So uh, let's introduce Ryan Holt first. Ryan Holt, I'm gonna go say hi to everybody. I was gonna pretend like my mute was on, and that's why you didn't hear me. <laughs> I am uh, glad to be here, um, especially since I've not had any sleep. So good times for everybody when I don't have any sleep. Yep. yep. All right. Okay. Uh, Ryan Holt's contract ends in July. Uh, we'll be um, auditioning for new third members. Uh, please uh, send all your auditions for um, audition at lowkeywall.com. <laughs> We also got Vincent here, Vincent. <laughs> I'm here. This is my episode. For context, I I haven't even introduced the context of the show. No, for I know you haven't even gone that far, but the I, I knew you wouldn't poo-poo the idea. Mm-hmm. I just happened to have a, a lot of extra time that day because mm-hmm. my work schedule was weird. So if like Reinhold was busy, I would I had enough time to research something to slide mm-hmm. in. That's what the context of that was, sir. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Just want, yeah. Just wanted to make sure, like, you, you know, you didn't feel like I was uh, saying, like, uh, 
no, you can't come up with anything. Just Ryan oh, no, and I only. Oh, I know. I know if I have <laughs> ideas, you'll let me. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. There's a there's a reason there's a there is a main episode of Wall that's just us talking about parasocial relationships Ooh. from <laughs> and using the idol culture to do it. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Call this my ride hold bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I gotta we gotta get Ryan on to watch Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> just for like because i really would really want to recreate this one scene um like like a skit for the like the for the podcast is the uh uncle iroh talking to zuko and explaining the four elements yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i i think reinhold you know could pull it off in his own way make it neat make it neat of course after you know eight to ten hours of sleep of course max <laughs> max yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, so sixteen at this point. Is. I need. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'll talk to you in two weeks. What do you mean? I'm sleeping the entire time. It's called a pre-summer hibernation. All right, so then this episode is is obsession with nostalgia creating a creative crisis. So what does that mean? We've been creative crisis. What's going on? So introduce your episode. This is based off of one of the conversations that we've had several times before. A lot of it comes when there are shows that keep that get made based off of IPs or properties or nostalgic pieces of media Mm -hmm. that they just you they're just using the name to create a new show, which creates expectations, which nukes the show because people don't enjoy the expectations. If you remember, we were talking about how the live-action Cowboy Bebop show would have been fine if it wasn't called Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. It would have been a fine show in and of itself. Right. But it, but you know, all the good ideas or anything that was there that was, that was good about it gets completely nuked by the fact that it's attached to this IP that people have expectations about. Yeah, I, I would even dare say that you could even said it would just set in the world of Cowboy Bebop, and it still would have been like I, I may even even watched it, even if say it was just set in the same world, or just said like you know if or just said like hey, this is the worked on the same people. But anyways, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Right. It's just, or or another great example is you know the Resident Evil Netflix cool. series, which you know they, they were only using Resident Evil in name only. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, no, we're done. We're done. The show's over. I'm so angry. <laughs> You're already angry. Hi, Christy. We appreciate Hi, Christy. you watching. Hi, Wicked. So, oh god, another so example would be god. The Watch. Hmm? Another example would be The Watch, which yeah. was a retelling of Terry Pratchett work um, that barely resembled anything that was ever written down. It was more of a sci-fi version of a fantasy book. I don't understand the, what they were trying to do with <laughs> right. that one. Okay, I didn't see that, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> said, I would have been very didn't last long. <laughs> but it's it's become this this thing where they're, that a lot of things to be made, they have to be attached to an IP. Uh, I've 
there are a lot of, I've read a lot of things and seen a lot of people talk about this concept of especially like YouTubers that are close to the entertainment industry or working or like con- or like animators that want to get into the industry and stuff. A lot of what's get what gets greenlit has to be connected to an already existing IP because that's what the corporation see makes money. Okay. So creative ideas or a, get a lot get rejected a lot more unless you force it into being connected to something that it it has no connection with. Like that Resident Evil TV show, whatever like it being called Resident Evil put people in a bad state of mind going in. No 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 matter how good or bad the show was b- because it wasn't Resident Evil people had immediate negative expectations of it because they were using something that people love or people were, are invested in to, right. to make money. Correct. And it becomes this, this spiraling sense of, of pain because if the only thing that gets made is stuff that's attached to things that are already made, then what becomes nostalgia in the future? <laughs> you know, Double what nostalgia. gets what gets crazy? Yeah, you're just gonna get nostalgia for the same thing, and then you're gonna get a cycle of the same stuff over and over and over again. Okay. And that just feeds into corporations that have the IPs for these things or have control over these things that can just continue to have massive power over the cultural zeitgeist because the thing that people are watched 10 20 30 40 years ago is mm-hmm. being remade again and now they're that's going to be the thing that stays in the zeitgeist again and now that that corporation <coughs> disney uh can keep doing whatever they want uh, without respect we reject um so <laughs> are, are we talking about like uh, remakes reboots or reimagines or are we also going to put in the same category like sequels? You know, I'm just saying that after coming off of watching Top Gun Maverick, it's like, is that the same category? So, in, in, my, in my opinion, while, while sequels do have that issue where it's playing on nostalgia, they're at least doing something with, with mm-hmm. respects to the original without trying to like change it or basically use it as set dressing. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot for most of the things. Thank you. Finally, you finally coming around to Force Awakens. See, I told you it was a good sequel. <laughs> but honestly, but if you look at Force, Aw- <laughs> if you look at Force Awakens, I, as I said, the seventh one isn't that bad. I I liked the seventh movie. It wasn't the worst. It, it's definitely better than the other two. But if you really look at it, it's just Episode Four again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's well, like new coat of paint. Well, Top Gun Maverick does the same thing a little bit, a little bit. bit. Stakes are different. The character. Okay, all right. It's not, but you know, (laughs) Uh, Wicked Kinders. Like this, this seems to be a perspective of a media viewer. But I gotta imagine that writers and producers are fans of legacy media and will put and want to put their own spin on nostalgic projects. And my, well, I agree with that. The issue is, is that the nostalgic product is always owned by the people who made it first. That's mm-hmm. why, if you're looking at comic books, 
there's a reason why there's a lot of issues in the comic book industry because whenever a writer takes over a character, let's say they take over Batman, they they need to make a character that they can sell that gives them the rights to it. Because whatever mm-hmm. character they make, the creator gets the rights to it. Mm-hmm. That's why you know the character Signal exists because Duke because Duke wasn't a character that mattered, <laughs> but he needed something to sell. So the writer created a new character. <laughs> that's why that's why a lot of the comic book stuff, whenever a writer takes over for a character, they create a brand new villain. Right. Because if that villain becomes in movies, they get back pay. That that's their that's their character. That's their IP. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not it's not that. It's it's the um so a good example would be the tick. Where he he made the Tick TV show, right? The cartoon, uh, Ben Endland, and then he went on to do the live action TV show years later. But he couldn't use the characters he created for that show because Warner Brothers owned them. Mm-hmm. So he had to create all new characters for the live action show because he didn't have the rights to his own work, right? Because of the way the contracts and the way studios are and everything else too. So. That yeah. throws a lot of whenever you see a lot of weird decisions in some of these things, sometimes it's lawyers that are the reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh the certain wizarding lady, she ruined it for a lot of different people for like writing books <laughs> because when you signed your contract or like your book series, they want all your rights for for your books. Like, yeah, and if this thing becomes a hit, we want your movie rights and if and amusement parks. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I still don't know how she get away with that considering you know, she just wrote basically Star Wars Episode Four all over again. So, <laughs> but but it's set in a fantasy world, it's different. See? It's different. See, it's, it's got different. It's got it's racism. Different. It's got racism and a sprinkle of transphobia. So it's different. You know, oh man, sorry, sorry. Of course, a lot of people <laughs> but, say that Star Wars was a rip off of Seven Samurais or whatever. Yeah, I mean, everything's derivative at some point, yeah, of course. You gotta be careful, but but yeah, there, there's always it, depending on how you want to, to aim it, there's always there's only a certain amount of stories that can be told that it can be retold over and over again. The right. the hero's but journey more, is, is a thing, yeah, yeah. I think more you're more talking about literally using the ip or the uh, name recognition of right. something to create something else that is not by the original author is not of what the other what the original author did and it's right. not respectful to the idea behind it you know but let's take uh, kevin smith's he-man <laughs> this is not a he-man show no he-man's barely into his show <laughs> the show let's get on it you know anyone who watched that could honestly saw what was happening you know like oh he's gonna be off there powerless and dead and no one cares it's <laughs> saved in his own show so, so it's like all right this is pointless it's kind of like the, the, the you know let me slow down <laughs> let me slow down he's, he's going get your breath he's going i was gonna let I'll, him go I'll veins back in let him cook i was gonna let him cook it's fine because like uh, I don't want to like also get confused because some of like the I was gonna get it confused a little bit was like some of the bait and switch that has happened in certain movies, 
but this is different. This is more of like using nostalgia to get you to watch something and just kind of flip your head because this is an original story. They just kind of patterned it with the, the coloring of this thing like, hey, yeah. you liked X. Here it is again. Psych, it's our own story. I thought you enjoyed this one character, but we're going to make this character annoying, possibly <laughs> a murderer for some reason. And your favorite character, who was like the super awesome guy, now he's actually a jerk and racist. <laughs> oh, we're the baddies right yeah yeah everyone's the baddie everyone's bad it's um aha you you may wanted this thing but nope too bad it's <sighs> like another great example here is a uh, ghost in the shell <laughs> the netflix ghost in the shell harry <laughs> does that count I'm, see i'm glad you brought up i've been told i'm not allowed to <laughs> Does that series really count? Okay, all right. Okay, let's 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 talk about Smurfette. <laughs> I have yet to watch this. <laughs> Is this real? Is this a really real show? Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, this uh puts the Smurfs, the rise of the Smurfette Dark Dark Overlord. Don't, don't give Netflix any ideas, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But oh god. No, All right, no, so not real. That, okay, that, thank you, oh, Wiki Kinder. Netflix um did a Ghost in the Shell continuation, right? And honestly, the first part of it is really good. It does feel kind of little wishy-washy in the Ghost in the Shell universe all the your characters or you like back but for some reason right in the middle to the end they introduced this self in clearly self-insert mary sue character you know double mit grad double major super brilliant awesome thing and somehow has relate uh, uh like ties with most of the main cast but you don't know why <laughs> you don't find this out till later and it's like Right, it's obvious that they they wanted to tell that character's story, right? It, but they wanted to use the other characters to make them look better. Yeah, and it, it and it didn't work, and like the whole like series fa- falls flat to me. Like the it gets all this build up, just like okay, something's big is happening, and just kind of go like, oh, this is this is honestly, honestly. I would want to give the fast jerk motion, but this is the whitest kids you know, slow jerk eye contact motion. <laughs> this is what this that's how awkward that other second season was that. RIP Trevor Moore. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. But it's one of those things that when you it's can a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> it it also shows how much how reliant certain certain people become on the concept of nostalgia between Moana and Encanto. Mm-hmm. Tell me how many, tell me three Disney movies that came out to that time. Cause I'm pretty sure five came out between them. And them. Between those two movies coming out. Uh, uh, right. Uh, d- d- not, none remi- of the, um, no live action uh, movies though. I'm not talking about any of the live actions. Can't use the live actions. No. Oh, you said just Disney, right? I can bring up Disney, right? Animated, right? Yeah, I've got no. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. You have, even if you want to add Pixar in there, Disney Pixar. Yeah, but that's just like you know, grew and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of that that point of they instead of 
focusing and creating new stories and characters and things for kids to get invested in. They've just been taking their old show movies and redoing them and not even telling the same stories. Like the Mulan movie was not Mulan. Well, I think what we're like also finding out is through nepotism and deals and just for some of like the certain things being in certain areas, I think that the people that ha- that has the keys to the kingdom are just like, I think you're right, creative bankrupt. They have they can't create new ideas, and the people who hired them know they can't create new ideas. So it's like, no, here, take this legacy IP. You know, you should be able to easily write something next to this and get just keep it going. And they just can't. I don't. I don't know if we would. We, would we have a discussion? I, I don't know. Should we only talk about like the good stuff? So we're not like just trying to say this is just badly written. I mean, there, there's always there's good and bad. You know, there's good versions of this scenario. If like if you look at Wednesday, Wednesday is they take a character, it's a reimagined. They're using this mm-hmm. IP of the Adams family, yeah. and while I haven't watched it, and you guys said it's really good, mm-hmm. it's its own thing. It's a they took yes. the characters and did something interesting and created a new world based around it. Yes, yes, yeah. While still staying true to what the Adams family was originally, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. one of the Meanwhile. things that that people seem to forget is that if you're using an IP, you want to hold respect to it. Correct. I think it would yeah. have felt flat if it was trying to be a continuation from the '90s movies. That right. wouldn't have worked. Um. Because that was its own thing, its own universe, exactly. and trying to continue it was a different. Too. You had you have to kind mm-hmm. of play to what's mm-hmm. in in the zeitgeist now. Um, but like I said, on the other side of that, remember, White Men Can't Jump just was released less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. I'm That's sure you've true. all watched it and how great it totally. is. Right there. Ooh, good, good, fair point. Wikikinder goes by the same token. It was titled Wednesday, not Adam's Family. That's, That's true. true too. That I think true. if it was titled Adam's Family, that movie would it would have fell flat to me too. It was like where the mm-hmm. where's the well, other the Adam's family? right, right? Yeah, they wanted to tell the story of Wednesday and tangentially a little bit about the Adam's Family. So yeah, by not calling it that, it was a smart move. Correct. Right. Yeah, and the whole thing really felt like you were watching a whole series. Also, in Wednesday's POV, you know, it wasn't like all the way through Wednesday, Wednesday's point of view, but like it was really did feel like you know you're you're viewing this through like a Wednesday's Wednesday's eyes. Like she views that she is the top of everything that she could do all this stuff like that. It was like I can't believe like because a lot of people would go through like some of the lore like that would make sense. I was like, but in Wednesday's head, that does make sense. Right. It's kind of like if you watch um, Enola Holmes. You know, it, a lot of people said they'd hated Enola, but I was like, no, 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 you're watching that because you watch Sherlock. If you, if you watch Enola Holmes and you view the movie as it's through her eyes, it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, Mycroft is just a misogynist dick. It doesn't know anything, even though he's one of the smartest men in the world. But he, but to her, he's just a misogynist dick. And yeah, that's that's. He was just instead of just saying him going blah 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 massage D blah blah blah, they gave him different lines. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, sorry. Gonna, you have to be sorry, but it's just the my my point of it is that there there are creative ways to use IPs while showing respect to them, but a lot of the times, as of right now, it's we're just going to take the old thing and either redo it or use or puppeteer it as as a corpse of itself. Yeah. 
moving <laughs> it around just to sit there and use it to make money to get to exactly. draw fans in to get to pick up something. Right, and then it's one of those things of watching something like what they did with with the Titans when they made the live action Teen Titans thing, where they went out of their way to do some really random stuff like make Starfire a prostitute and stuff like that. And then you compare it to the Harley Quinn show where they take, where they, yes, they play up their personalities, but they still show respect to these characters. And when you enter into it, it's, their the characters are still intact and you don't have to know anything about these characters going in because the narrative explains who these characters are. And I feel like that is one of the other massive things that happens is when people take an IP and want to do something different and then instead instead of just going, I want to pay at least some respect to this. While do it while having a, a different idea or concept or way of going about it, that that's how comic books. That's why there are so many like interesting stories for different versions of like Batman and Superman, and the all the different superheroes is because yes, you have the same character and you're paying respect to that character, but you're not going out of your way to well, I'm going to go out of my way to completely and utterly change everything about this character and ruin all the lore for anybody who cared about this character before or after because I want to make mine special. Yeah, the simple fact, yeah, yeah, I think the bottom dropped out of me on Star Wars when I watched the lightsaber that like that Luke trained on, which was Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber gets tossed off the bridge. I was like, yep. <laughs> yep. We're done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. The lore, everything that you've picked up, that you've respected or expected different things or rules that were set up, they just kind of subvert and destroy because they didn't want to, one, research the lore, research the fandom. They just wanted to... You, just to take it, run with it, and do their own series. Like, and, right, I, like yeah. that's what the whole you know, without respect, we reject. Right. It's like another great example is looking at some some of the stuff that happened with the MCU uh, through the Infinity Saga and some of the stuff that came afterwards. Like Moon Knight, <laughs> they did not respect Moon Knight in the show Moon Knight. Yeah, but is that <laughs> nostalgia for Moon Knight? That that's just bad writing and not respecting. Well, I mean. Yes and no, because the, the the reason they're picking the certain characters is because the characters that people know and like. The reason they were making TV shows for them is because they were purposely cashing in on people's nostalgic fandom for that character. Because Moon Knight hasn't had an individual comic series in like 10 years, right? if not more. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes it does hit. Um, Spider Man, yeah. in uh, well, it's anything Spider Man, really. But uh, <laughs> Werewolf by Night did a really great job of taking a, uh, a horror concept and a very interesting character and playing it in completely straight, completely different, and in its own concept of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. It happens in universe, but it's not following the rules like, oh, you have to have a massive. CGI battle at the end for no no apparent reason. Sky beam <laughs> for everything, you know. Yeah. It it becomes it starts to feel like they're like even if you look at um the Ant Man movie, right? Stop. Comparing comparing the newest Ant Man movie to the first Ant Man movie, they it feels like they're flanderizing Ant Man as a character. 
because he has no motivation to be anywhere in the quantum universe at all. In the entire show, in the entire movie, he's just kind of a bystander. The oh. plot, the plot is moving around him, mm-hmm. and, and it's a Kang movie. But even mm-hmm. then, it's not a good Kang movie because they don't really show why Kang should be sympathetic or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. But then you compare it to the first name in movie where he's being a thief and is kind of an asshole. I like that. I like and is a single one. dad. And then now it's like. Now you're exploring this tiny universe, and you're and any other superhero could have been in this story, and the same thing would have happened. Yeah, this this plot could have played out with any individual superhero, not just Ant Man. Right. Yeah. All right. So where does that confound with um, your nostalgia thing when it comes to one of my favorite series that are out there? A lot of people don't like watching this series, but that's because. I don't have family, but the, the Fast and the Furious series. Is that I mean, nostalgia, keep, or just it just just keeps going? It's we definitely can. the whole point of the the series is yes, it keeps going, but it keeps pulling previous things that people liked and pulled into it to keep drawing people to keep watching. They literally they took the guys from from Fast and Furious and made them create a car that can go into space. <laughs> They they went Tokyo. They went from creating cars that have nitro in Japan to cars that go into space. They picked characters that are nostalgic to people who have watched the series throughout the entire thing, mm-hmm. and and it's obvious that it, it works. The people who like the series are going to continue to like the series. They're mm-hmm. pulling it in. They're bringing you interested into it. Right. And then you compare that to the different. Transformers stuff. It's a little yeah. bit different to say. You know, this is just an extension of the series by the same people who wrote the originals and are putting it together. Right. I mean, it's that's different than saying exactly. um, we're going to come to this property and do something wholly different with it. Exactly, they're still using mm-hmm. they're they're the, they're working with as bad same as they are. Framework. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily always. You know, it could be that the new stuff that somebody does is better than the original, and it could always be that the continuation of the series by the people who made it just keeps getting worse and derailed and they're going for money grabs so it's not always good or bad on either on that side of things it's just a a mindset that mm-hmm. hollywood has is they want to go after what they know works exactly or, or has worked in the past let's continue doing that because why put ourselves on the line to have a huge you know flop you know so just put the rock in things yeah yeah just yeah, just throw the rock in there. And first off, the Fast and Furious, you know, stay solid each time. Great writing every time. All right. Some of the quotable dialogue. I'm not going to quote it even here now because we have an hour <laughs> show. But, but yeah, they, they're well, remember this working. next movie is going to be the next movie is going to be the first part of a three part and final 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 to the show to the series. Yeah, yeah, right. I believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will it though? Will it? So you're in taking three more movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's when they time travel and they start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're also they it also is not like using the Fast and Furious as as a way to to create a brand new story, right? They're still using all the same characters for the most part through it, because they have the first couple of sequels, they didn't use the same characters, but 
as it they combined them together, they eventually brought all these characters and made this a shared universe that they actually cared about, and they're using everything. It, it'd be different than if they they finish these movies mm-hmm. and then, so we're done. Yeah, they're done, and then ten years later they do Fast and Furious again, but it's about like scooters. Yeah, yeah. As long as it had family, it would make it through. No, it. no, they didn't even you didn't have that. family. No Vin Diesel, no, none of that, none of that. Because no, that means uh, all, all the things that you would want in a in a Fast and Furious, they're just kind of using the name Fast and Furious yeah. to get people to, to watch. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. And this, and for me, it's one of those things that it spans from a lot of. It, it's a expands from both this not just tv and movies but also video games and stuff because there's a lot of it where there's a lot of remakes of lots mm-hmm. of games that keep coming out <laughs> roller yeah. ball and, and you guys hilarious <laughs> okay all right i would watch i would watch rollerball fast and furious <laughs> or was that death rate not yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> I think uh, I think you're on to something there with a little rollerball fest. <laughs> but oh, it's man. fast. And... Oh man, fast and finish does the time machine. Okay, you're on to <laughs> something. I like this. <laughs> get him in a pitch room right now. <laughs> Someone get me Vin Diesel. Oh my god. Fast and Furious was actually a Doctor Who show. <laughs> <laughs> the Camaro is bigger on the inside. <laughs> Dom's de- See, D- Dom's dad's not dead. He's a, He's time, a time lord. lord. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. They brought everybody Fuck else back. Dad. Everyone else is <laughs> Dom's dad. He's a time lord. Comes it. in, saves the dude. And that's why he keeps making these fantastical engines because his dad's a time lord. You're on to something. Yeah. But Anyways, yeah, yeah, so yeah, so you guys keep buying these. I think it started because you guys kept buying these remakes. You guys, for some reason, kept buying GTA 5. You guys kept buying, um, what is that other one? Skyrim. You, you guys, guys this wasn't you me. Are. I didn't buy either one of those, but yeah. it's one of those like in gaming. If we're going to transition to like gaming and stuff, the, the nostalgia in gaming is also played out very much of reviving things that didn't need to be revived like uh saints row and harry Nov, <laughs> or or trying to make something that is oh, no. No. <laughs> no first off oh, no no stop full stop full stop he's like I want, they I need to talk ruined about a series that already had some brand damage right but people still loved it right and they took this gang of the Third Street Saints, right? <laughs> In this series, you started off just like just basic gangbangers just selling drugs, and you turn into a you know like an empire. You and become the president. Yeah, you become the, the little president with your vice president being Keith Motherfucking David. Okay, <laughs> true statements. <laughs> And they reboot this thing, and you're Kaj 
kids trying to pay off your student loan debts? And it, my brain is going like, I don't know how much you guys got in student loans, but Johnny Gat would have got that back in like in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just. And they're like, we gotta afford this toaster. It's like, I thought we were gangbangers. Just go steal the toaster. <laughs> what what is wrong with you? This whole like we gotta go buy this. We're fucking gangbangers, okay? <laughs> or like that the concept of rebooting a series in that manner, or the other thing of trying to make a game that's basically another game. I almost kicked you because you went to reboot. <laughs> what reboot? Oh, I'm not gonna go there yet. <laughs> we'll we'll get yeah. to reboot. We'll get to reboot the show. We'll get there. But like the the game Callisto Protocol that came out the end of last year was done by the same people who made the original Dead Space, mm-hmm. right? And people mm-hmm. really wanted it, really excited about it because they really liked the Dead Space series. At least the first two games. The third one was a multiplayer horror game, which doesn't really work especially if it's a narrative driven multiplayer horror game but they created this game from the original creators and the game just wasn't good and not only was it was it bad it there's some of the mechanics in the game made no sense when they made it so if you're holding the opposite direction of an attack you just dodge it so it's literally got to a point where you could fight an entire boss without getting touched because you just hold left and right because their attacks are so choreographed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, and that's... But people were really excited about it because it's the people who made Dead Space. We love Dead Space. Dead Space is a great game. We love the horror. We love the environment. We love the, everything about it. And then you get into the game and it's just like, here's this audio log that you have to stop doing everything to listen to and it won't play when you're moving. <laughs> oh God, no, no! Is no. if you want the horror, that's what you got to do. No, no, I'm not about that life. So I've got to, you know, no. And it's no, and it's sad that. to see people want to like get invested in things that are that are like something that they really enjoyed mm-hmm. and that they want that they want to cash in on that kind of concept. That's why a lot of that the live service games even came into existence is because you know destiny got big people really liked destiny when it first came out which was just let's take mmo loot grinding and put it in a shooter Mm -hmm. and that's what it was but people really enjoyed it and then like 80 games decided to do the same thing get the same market and try to get the people who have the fun feelings of playing destiny for the first time with friends and relive it same way with how some of the like Borderlands, if you go back and play Borderlands 2, that game's fun. Borderlands 3 has some issues. I'll admit that. I did play through it though. But then you play the Tiny Tina game, which is kind of very much just Borderlands again, and it, it, it loses a lot of its own luster. Yeah. Its humor dies down because you're used to it. And, you're the tense, and they're trying to overcompensate by trying to amp up what was already there. Yeah. Yeah. We got, a, we, we got our copy. We'll download it eventually and play it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, World of Warcraft started off as a different genre, right? Too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. based on it was just taking that genre and turn, doing something else with it, right? Yeah, and which is exactly which is always great because people. That's why a lot of people still join in brand new MMOs because they want to feel that 
same feeling they had when they first played an MMO. So, so the creatives that have control of these big titles are they just creative bankrupt, or they just not having new ideas, or what's going on? They're jumping. Why do they come? They want to jump on the trends, and that's the thing is that nobody thinks ahead. They're thinking. They're basically thinking like two steps behind whenever something comes out. Mm-hmm. So when Fortnite became massive and big and <laughs> that became the whole next big thing, everybody tried to do something just like Fortnite. Everything and was a battle royale. Yeah, not only was everything with a battle royale, but everything tried to do the exact same season system as them. Like mm-hmm. the whole battle pass system as it is now is because people wanted Fortnite. to match some of what Fortnite ended up doing. Yeah, Fortnite was what you're talking about, though. It was a derivative yeah. of an existing thing. I mean, Player Unknown created the whole battle royale system, mm-hmm. and you know, did it for H1Z1, which then he went off and did PUBG, and then that's when everybody started kind of doing their own thing. So that's when they all started showing up. Fortnite is just a was just the most successful one of that genre that pulled out of something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, it was it was the one that had the most mass appeal to it, because yeah. it, it was so cartoony. It was able to get kids in. Well, and they, and they added they added building to it, which I never yeah. liked, but that was the their little twist on it. And it was a little so. The, yeah, there's a whole difference between the arcade version of Battle Royale and the more uh, simulation version. So, right, Battle Royale Battle Royale started off as uh, Arma three, you know, mm-hmm. Arma three. So. It was based off of that kind of technical, very, very precise, realistic type of shooter where bullets had momentums and things like that. It was all very physics based and relatable. Yeah. And then H1Z1 started more more of a arcade version of it, and then Fortnite took it into an even further arcade version of it. Right, so, which is even more uh, hilarious because Fortnite was originally a PVE game yeah. that that they added a battle royale mode on the side, and that turned everything. Oh, and then that, that's that's kind of what the opposite yeah. of what happened to Paladins. Yeah. <laughs> did did uh, I hear they were bringing that back? Oh, Realm, 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 Realm Royale. Yeah, that's that's, that's already back. They Is already back? brought it back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it's there's a <laughs> lot of that. It's jumping on trends, but also when you see something become successful, people want to copy it. See, I thought if that was from Just Cause Two multiplayer mod. And um, it just making like that mod in the background. So it's a if you remember, you guys ever played Just Cause Two? Mm-hmm. And because uh, it was like a single player game, you just jump around, you go through all everything in the in the in the thing, and then someone created the mod, so you can have the multiplayer mod, so you get any for you one in the thing, and then you just go off and do adventures. Like I thought there was a mod for that that made it uh, kind of like a battle royale, where a lot of that was coming from. But I could be wrong. I could, I could be misremembering. I don't remember. I mean, there are mods for a bunch of things. I mean, let's be honest. The fucking League of Legends was a fucking Warcraft mod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those things that they want to they want to hop on trends and use their IPs to get people to buy their thing. Hmm. Look at what was it? Heroes of the Storm. Which was the Blizzard MOBA game that mm-hmm. they took all their other IPs and shoved it into the game. Yeah. You know, people play this because because you can play with Tracer and ne- next to next to the the, the Starcraft <laughs> the Lich thing. King. Next yeah. to the Lich King, next to Kerrigan. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. totally what people want. 
and the game just mechanically wasn't that good. <laughs> Yeah. But people were invested and people got into it because that's mm-hmm. what they because they wanted to play with those unique characters. Mm-hmm. Same with, you know, there was a DC MOBA game that came out that they would try to they used DC characters in order to have new characters. They used multiverse versions of characters. All right. All right. So as an elder millennial, mm-hmm. um, I don't have like the uh, jaded nihilism that you do. Uh, <laughs> some of the nostalgia that is coming out, I like because it feels like the world is finally pandering to me. And when I saw it over there, I said to myself, "Harry, we're gonna get drunk off this, and we're gonna shout through a through a moonroof in a limo with one of these." And what I was looking at was the Sunny D, you know, seltzer vodkas. Okay, all right, all right. I could sit there and get drunk <laughs> off of Sunny D now. Oh my god! So your nostalgia is some of the nostalgia, you know, it's it's going yeah, everywhere. It's infecting it's everywhere part of the life. Yeah, yeah. Nostalgia is everywhere. Every, everybody wants this nostalgia for. There's a reason that Count Chocolate comes out every Halloween time, mm-hmm. and all and all, the Count Chocolate and the Booberry and the Frankenberry. Yeah, I've, I've got a. My wife makes me go get all boxes every year. Every. Because people she doesn't eat do. it all the way. She just wants it. She's yeah, have it's, the it's the nostalgia of that's what I had when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's there's so much that everything is attached to nostalgia for a lot of people at this point because of how much media was around and pumped into our into our lives throughout the course of being on the internet age and the the television age and all that stuff. There's so much nostalgic things that are that you can easily cash in on because there's so much of it right because you, they they already made a remake of powerpuff girls oh, they yeah. made another powerpuff girls tv show <laughs> yeah. which you know was <sighs> had self-insert actual writer self-insert himself into it so that way he could date bubble uh, blossom in the show which okay is super weird but yeah. you know <laughs> all right so these self-inserts okay to me, always see self-insert characters always seem like a like a cringe thing of young writing. So when I was going back and opening up old hard drives, I found some of my old writing from middle school with my self-insert characters. And it's just like this is awful. Well beyond that now, and I can't remember and to me, self-inserts like that just shows such juvenile writing yet. It just seems like all oh, this is just getting released. It's just juvenile self self-insert bullshit. I mean, not only is it you can call it juvenile self insert. I I totally get that, but it's also that kind of concept that for a lot of people, it's when you're given the opportunity to write something, mm-hmm. especially something massive. Yeah, people are trying to use it as an escape. Mm. So they're trying to escape whatever their plain boring life is by putting themselves into something that they really like, mm. and that's why as like a middle school as a young adult, when you don't really have like a a concept of how the world's going to be and mm-hmm. things just feel boring because you can't, you know, you can't do what you want to do and you're constricted by the rules of your family or whatever's going mm-hmm. on. It's way more, you feel way better of going, I want to escape. I'm going to put myself in full metal alchemist because I'm going to be a cool alchemist and I'm going to be best friends with Al. It's going to be so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, juvenile. 
Right. But, uh, I, I expect that for someone in middle school, maybe in high school, but you're a professional writer. I, and I want you out of it. I, one of the original stories from the characters, who's this uh, bip-bop character with their double PAD best wizard <laughs> hacker, apparently can hack better than the major because she, for reasons. Reasons. Yeah, exactly. Reasons. Mary Sue character. She's also a better shooter than Bato, even though he's a ranger, you know, military ranger. Every, uh, well, sometimes that's, that can be done right, too. So I right. mean, you've got a great example is Ready Player One, which as a book was incredible, right? So it, it really, for anybody who really lived in that era, you saw a lot of references to a lot of things, but it had a reason behind it. It made sense why they were doing it, not just to do it. You know what I mean? I, I like, agree. Whole, but going back, Wade's kind of a terrible character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wade starts off as, as a horrible person. But, you know, he ends up... Well, and don't even get me started on a sequel. I read the, I read the <laughs> sequel, and oh my god. What? What? You don't? You didn't like the that's fact the that money they... grab. That's when you go back <laughs> after what you try to recapture again. <sighs> what? You you didn't like them fighting the seven different princes? You didn't like that? You didn't like that? That wasn't the problem. It was it was the whole concept about uh, it's just yeah. I know the I know, AI I know. versions of the people, and it was uh, <laughs> yeah. I know. Anyway. <laughs> I know. Wicked Kender says, Dear Lord, I love that sequel. <laughs> said, oh, that sorry. Favorite book. What was that? <laughs> yeah, Wicked Kender. It really irritates me too because he is such a he is a decent writer. I've read other stuff, right? And he's I just I think he just tried to recapture something and he did it in a rushed way. Like he didn't take mm-hmm. the time he needed to do it right. He was trying to capitalize on the movie coming out. So he rushed something through, and I just don't I don't know. It's disappointing. Yeah, put it that way. Definitely. Yeah. But like, sometimes it works. Sometimes it, honestly, for me, most times it doesn't work because it feels like it's very, most times it feels like it's very forced. Yeah. Especially Lazy and manipulative, too. Right. And then that's all over the place. It's not, it's on both, it's okay. in every genre of writing. But sometimes it's done okay. Sometimes it's done right. Mm hmm. Where they do reboot it, they or they build on that nostalgia, and it feels good. It feels right. They apparently uh, did a pretty good job with Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, tw- right. the Twenty One right. Jump Street. <laughs> Have you seen the new yeah. Twenty One Jump Street? It's good. I recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really good. <laughs> I have to watch it once. Right. In a while. I have to watch it. it a couple of times. Sometimes, like a you know, like I'll sit at home and I say a couple of things like this today. Like uh, we was trying to come up with a solution to deal with um, people. And I started going like, man, we should probably put him in a camp. So I just had to watch 21 Jump Street uh, left side. <laughs> well, I was trying to get – so my, my wife is is real big on the original 21 Jump Street. She loves Johnny Depp. She sits there and she'll watch the 21 Jump Street channel on Freebie or whatever that just oh, plays all yeah, the 21 Jump Street yeah. over and over again, right? She loves that. Um, so I was like, did you see the movie? And she goes, well, I don't want to see the movie, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, because Johnny Depp wasn't in it. I said, oh, but he is in the first one as a cameo. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay. So I might get her to watch it because of that. Is it a cameo? Is it a cameo? It's it's a cameo. It's not necessarily the character cameo, but That's it's the true. actor cameo. So. It's loose. It's loose. It's, could it's be the character too if you if you want to play with it a little bit. Yeah, I could be the character. Yeah. See, like uh, I got uh, uh, I got my wife. I got her watching. Um, she never watched the original Charlie's Angels like TV show. I was watching it the other day. <laughs> yeah. 
but it was so the- bad. <laughs> you see I, I grew up watching all these shows like knight rider and love boat and fantasy island and charlie did you watch, the, did you watch yeah, the avengers uh yeah so i think the original yeah so the thing is is that you watch these and at the time you're thinking oh this is really good and then now you look back and go we've oh, come gosh. a long way in our ability to do storytelling in movies and tv <laughs> Yeah, because because that was considered good then, yeah. right? It wasn't it wasn't you know crap then. It was just the best we had at the time. Yeah, yeah. And some of the stuff, and I will say some of the writing on it was I kind of liked some of it. Um, I, some of it I, I did want to like a cut for like some of the people. It was like ah, oh, they just they just put things in the movies and TV shows these days, and I was just watching these women complain about in the seventies, like watching Charlie's Angels complaining about wearing skimpy outfits. In the show, it's part of the, the thing, and they're complaining about it. I'm like, see, it's always has been. It's fine. People yeah, they complain. were trying to yeah. make statements too. Well, and the thing, and that's one of the things about this too that we got to think about is that there are IPs and and stories that we had when we were younger that weren't done justice that we know right. now could be done mm-hmm. better. So I, I think there's a lot of people trying to chase after that as well to say let's really tell the story better with the technology we have with the writing we have mm-hmm. you know in, in the in the movie making mm-hmm. chops that we've developed over the years let's redo it and then and sometimes eh, not so good sometimes that, it does it's great so, that's so my Airwolf. favorite reason to use remakes and, re- and reboots and all that kind of stuff is to create to take something that had potential and let it see its full potential yeah, yeah. Just like, like someone like tried to Deadpool. reboot Alf. <laughs> Why would they reboot Alf? That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like they took like when they screwed over Deadpool, mm-hmm. and they were able to come later on, come back and and redo that right. Right. Maybe one day they'll do Green Lantern right. I don't know. I mean. No, I mean, no. honestly, the, the, only, had the, chance. the only reason people want to see the Flash movie is nostalgia. I'm, I'm if, hoping... if, my, if Michael Keaton was, wasn't the Batman in it, would you go see it? If it was Christian Bale, not Michael Keaton, would you care? Ooh, no, God honestly, no. God honestly, no. that's my God point. No. That's no. my point. Well, people want people, people want Michael Keaton back as or Michael Keaton back as Batman for a long time. That's why that Birdman movie did so well because that was basically his right. Right. Reemergence as that character type of character. So. Right, but I, I just, just just give me Batman Beyond. So what? <laughs> so what? Why can't they do? Why can't they do with Batman like they did with Spider Man, where they have you know the splitting of the realities and all of them come together, so they can have Michael Keaton and Christian Bale and Val Kilmer all just kind of that, in the same people, movie. That's a hundred. That's the whole reason people want to see the Flash movie. Because it's basically yeah. they're basically doing Flashpoint, so they're doing a bunch of different versions of characters. You've got right. one of the be- the be- the best uh, Batman's of all time, George Clooney. <laughs> what somebody was doing what? a somebody had a meme about the best Batman Joker pairing. Who was the best mm-hmm. one? Sounds like you guys left one off. The guys from Gotham, you didn't have them on there. And uh, I got flamed for that one. He good, wasn't good. the Joker, so, sir. Good, he wasn't yeah, he was the Joker, Joker at the end. Okay, well, was at the end. Did they confirm that's the actual Joker? <laughs> in, that, actually in that universe, yeah. <laughs> and that was but, the actual Batman, too. He became Batman mm, at the end, too. Mm, mm, but mm. The, 
But like the CW is just messing. <laughs> Maybe I have to do a whole episode of like how the CW, CW is just like h- hates money, hates yeah, storytelling, they, the they they don't re- they don't they don't read the effing room. <laughs> and it's it just like the CW. It's like it does so well when it does characters that aren't the main one, where they have access to. You can let people have fun, but for some reason, someone in the corporate office is like, "All right, we want you to use someone like close to the Bat Family, but no, you can't use Batman. Don't you dare use Batman. You're really close. What? Why? Can we just use this? No, no, no. We want you here. <laughs> but to since it's getting close to the hour but to kind of bring it back to the point is the my my concern is that because of how much people are pandering with nostalgia or using that as the crutch to sell ideas we're going to run into this brick wall in which a lot of new ideas are going to be forced into being something that it's not Mm-hmm. For people, for it to even be made. So if like I want to make a horror show, and people are like, "Well, I don't want just a horror show." Here, I need you to make it a Silent Hill show. And then this unique horror show that has nothing to do with Silent Hill now has to be called Silent Hill. Right. And now but you've you, lost people's interest into it. You understand that's been the problem for over a century right or yes. even probably longer in the history yes. of times because look at what um uh what's his name um brad's gonna bring my guy please draw a plane oh. um but they're you know the silent movies guys they they wanted to do um much more long form and they just kept saying no you need to do this and this and this and put it in this form format and one reel and blah 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 and you go on and do this and then you know then better movies started getting made because people were breaking that mold and finding success with it. So, yes. right. And I think that same formula is happening. I think a lot of people are looking at the, the, the damage, the cracks in the armor of Hollywood. And it's been forming for the longest time. And I think the writing, the writer strike, if gone too long, is going to show that like Hollywood has lost its ability to control where movies are made, created or do have done anything. Most of the studios, most of everything is recorded somewhere else. The writers can be anywhere else. And I think a lot of the, because 2B has started, finally started to launching and making their own series. And 2B's originals are nuts. <laughs> I recommend watching a couple of them because they're just experimental as heck. <laughs> but they are out. Well, there. a lot of the good stuff came out of like places like uh, Adult Swim. Right, mm-hmm. had some great stuff come out of there. You get you get these indie stuff. studios, these people who are trying to break mm-hmm. the break the. And I think with the way we have distrib- distribution these days, it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. to do that because you can put a movie out without as much money, and get Correct. it on certain platforms and find success with it. And if and it gets a following, then you can explode with it. Like, you know, Amazon has done the- a- right. Amazon has done a great thing of just putting allowing you to like let's say like if we went and made like a movie, right? Amazon would, you know, we could easily, like, there's a pathway to get this thing on Amazon streaming and get direct people like, hey, watch the show sitting on an Amazon stream. We get the video up there. Mm-hmm. I think Wicked Kinder makes a solid point. Why I feel like this is relevant. I wonder if today's accessibility to legacy media has made us come to this view. In the past, the access to legacy media was very limited. Mm-hmm. Because we have a, almost everything at the the tip of our fingertips we can just get something else you know the wicker man 
was a remake of the original one, but everybody doesn't even realize that there was an original half the time. They only think of the Nicolas Cage one where because of the bees and the memes. There was one with I believe it was Christopher Lee in the original. I, but I people don't even think about it. Oh, but what but I am I guess it was uh was that I am Sam or something like that where it was about the apocalypse and people turning into zombies. That was a remake I of a Mega legend? Man, which is a remake of another movie. I am what? Legend, that's it. I am Legend, yeah. I told you I haven't had any sleep. I couldn't yeah. remember the name Charlie Chaplin five minutes ago. So I don't, you know, just give me a minute. But that Omega was based Man off of a Mega a Man, which was based off of another movie before that, right? I mean, right. the, it, we, we do this every so often, too. So. But, uh, right. What movie is Omega Man based off of? Uh, there was a like a '40s movie. I can't '40s or '50s movie. I don't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Okay, it was it wasn't an original either. I, I loved Omega Man. Like, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I, I grew up. Movie. I watched that when I was a kid on TV, and I was just like, you know, it was one of my one of one of uh one of my favorite movies growing up. Watching I, Charles. I S. also Kill. watched that as a kid on TV. Different, <laughs> you know, in color though. <laughs> <laughs> but like my, but yes, but. Wicked Wicked Kinders has as an exact point of because we can see the lines that it's connected to now. Mm-hmm. We can see that this is what this is a remake of, and that's what it's leading. That's who they're targeting because mm-hmm. we can because we have so much access to going back to. If I want to go watch Thundercats, I can go watch Thundercats. Mm-hmm. Well, if I want to go remember- watch Ghostbusters, I can go watch Ghostbusters. We ran this. We ran into that with literature too, where you had literature mm-hmm. it was hard to come by, and stories would come around. And then when literature became, you know, book printing was so easy, and you started having access to all these libraries of data books, you started to see all the patterns of all the stories, right? right? And then movies came out, and it kind of reset a little bit, and TV and reset, you know, that sort of thing. So, right, and yeah. well, uh, I will say that there's definitely a lot of hope there. There's also there's plenty of people that that are able to be creative and there are avenues to get these different things out like the the game hi-fi rush was just like a rhythm based action game that was colorful and futuristic and cartoony mm-hmm. and it dropped out of nowhere it was with no hype or anything it became like the best seller for like two weeks at the same time of actual of of like atomic hearts which the game was had a bunch of hype came out so it's there are a lot of good potential creative people being able to make creative things and get it out there for people to enjoy. But because you see so much of the cynical cash grab of let's remake this thing again, let's make a live action movie of whatever. Let's make a live action Pinocchio at the exact same time Guillermo del Toro is making a Pinocchio that's based off of the original fairy tale. So that way we could try to cash in on his money. Um, you know, just well, yeah. and yeah. so I, I looked it up real quick for you. Movie. Okay. I looked it up real quick for you, Harry. The original, um, so the, the, the there was a book called I Am Legend based mm-hmm. off of that was a movie called The Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price Ooh. in 1964. Ooh. Then Charlton Heston made the Omega Man in 1971, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. there was another movie we don't want to talk about. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. 
Anyway, so I went to watch that one with Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind of want to just get it, just talk about it because I because I see it constantly inundated with them remaking things over and over and over again and stuff and taking ideas and just reprocessing them. Like we're making, like I think there's like ten more remakes of games that are coming out in the next year. Of games that are Baldur's some Eight. games that aren't even ten years old, hmm. <laughs> you know. Do, do these remakes make money? Oh, absolutely. The, 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 I think a lot of people are cashing in on the the remake, especially because Capcom made the Resident Evil Two remake and the Three remake and the Four remake. Speaking of remakes, they're making money. I think we're gonna have to remake the uh, <laughs> media that made a series. We're just gonna remake it. Get yeah. off the nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Been a while. Sense. We'll just, re- just redo it. Let's just redo it, re- reboot <laughs> it, reimagine it. Well, we always talked about we were going to do more uh, honorable mentions. We never did those. So I got like we, a dozen more things. We haven't done another live stream yet. We haven't, we haven't done another live stream. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, nostalgia is everywhere, and everybody loves it. And it's one of those things that's become so frustrating to see it everywhere for me because it feels like they're just trying to constantly cash in instead of creating anything. They already announced another Harry Potter series. Right. (laughs) But you understand part of it too is not, is not just the people making the stuff is that the fans want to see more of their favorite Mm -hmm. stuff. They want to see that sequel. They want to see the more in that genre of that, you know, how how long did we clamor to have the rest of the Star Wars films made? Well, we got our wish eventually, but I mean there was nine originally planned, so we got our nine, for better or for worse. But you know, like like games, you play a game and then you, the sequel comes out and it's like, oh, I can kind of I know the John, know how the game feels. It's a little bit different now. It's more updated. Okay, this is better, you know. And then you people will are attracted to that and want that. They demand that. You know, mm-hmm. when's this version, new version of the game coming out? They want to hear, like, I play Guild Wars 2. People are talking about Guild Wars 3 or some stupid stuff. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's always that there from the fan base as well. That's why it does work. You know, why exactly. the producers and the people making the stuff chase it is because there's demand for it. Familiarity on both sides. It's not just, you know, one side there. Right. And then and then they... The, the demand gets met with something like the reboot remake, which made reboot into a half live action, half CGI show, or, you know, people want more uh, Lord of the Rings. So we're going to make the rings of power. Uh. And, <laughs> and then we're also going to make like four more movies. that are kind of based in the Silmarillion, but not really, but because we want to make more, more Lord of the Rings, but the Lord of the Rings fans, Kind of don't really want this. Well, remember at the beginning, Harry was saying something about making it in the genre or in the world, but not necessarily mm-hmm. the same characters. Isn't that really kind of what they did with the Lord of the Rings TV show? They made it in that world, but it wasn't those characters in that story. It was a whole different story that they were trying to tell, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. So, That's what I heard. <laughs> I didn't watch it. So, <laughs> so we, kind of, we kind of say we want something, and then sometimes we don't either. So, well, oh, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch. Very, I, I, I didn't want more of the of our stuff too. As fans, <laughs> yeah. we're we're very protective, so we don't like sometimes to see that retelling with different stories, but in the same world because it doesn't feel 
like a great example. I was I, I was reading Terry Pratchett when I was a kid. I read the first two books and they had a character named Rincewind in it. Love the guy. It's like mm-hmm. the main character. Hilarious. Love mm-hmm. it. So I picked the third book up. He wasn't in it. Had nothing to do with him, but it was in the world. And I got fr- I said, no, nah, I'm not going to read that. So I never bought it. And then like five, six years later, I see that there's four more books. I'm like, well, I guess I'll try it out again. And I realized that it's really the world that I loved and not necessarily characters. All the characters were great mm-hmm. if you give them a chance. So there is that initial for fans sometimes that rejection of that uh, thing just because it feels like you're ruining what they enjoyed about the original Yeah, that you're well, watching. It's, so. it's like every Subaru. Every Subaru is ugly. Fresh off the line, no one hates it. Everyone hates it. It's ugly. It's this awful. You know, you know, it's a sin against God for this thing to see the light of day. Until so the like, new series comes out, and it's even worse, and everybody's nostalgic for what it used to look like. Exactly. You know, exactly. before it was like, oh, the bug eye supers are terrible. Now I'm watching them like, well, selling for like, you know, back into five figures again. It was like, what? I thought everyone hated it. It was like, or some of the, um, uh, which was called the ugly Porsche that was the 995 with the uh, egg, the sunny egg lights. Oh, these are awful. Now they're shooting back up in price. I'm like, okay, I thought no one liked these. Right. It's, it's, it's actually really hilarious because I watched a video before this, uh, the newest video from the, creator called ls mark who he's talking about mm-hmm. this show called fanboy and chum chum and this dynamic that happens now of a show comes out or something comes out and everybody hates it because they don't enjoy it it's not very good they're, they're not a fan of it and yeah. then time passes and then the kids who grew up with it can now see it and post clips out of context and then it creates ironic fans that become non-ironic fans because they watch these clips and then they think that people are hating it too much and then it creates this whole new fandom based on the this cycle of reintroducing things into a culture that even if when it originally came out was hated nobody liked it nobody really enjoyed it some <laughs> people there it's a there's a demographic for it somewhere some at some point in time that if the right person finds it and puts it into that demographics viewpoint it becomes its own cult classic then. Mm. right because honestly it still blows my mind that the fact that how popular and ingrained in society nightmare before christmas is with it being such a really random obscure stop motion cartoon mm-hmm. that about about the about halloween invading christmas and yes. nobody's a good character in that show. Everybody is terrible, except for Sally. But even then, she's she poisons people. For, I know, literally, kill, almost kills some guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's this. It's still massive in the viewpoint of society of even now, twenty, thirty years after it came out. Yeah, people still love it. I I enjoy watching it. I know a lot of people are obsessed with it. Most of the stuff, you, know, you guys see me wear my Nightmare for Christmas mm-hmm. jacket. Like I didn't buy that. People buy me stuff, but they, they find out I, I like the series and they just buy me stuff for like, like I, I accept it because I do love the series. But like I understand like how commercialized it's become. Right, you know? and it's it's one of those things. It's crazy to think that something that feels like it should have been very niche and mm-hmm. is just part of the zeitgeist of the of cultural zeitgeist at this point. Yep, every Christmas and Halloween it pops up. Everyone thing everyone's got everything of it. So yeah. 
But this episode is getting starting to get long. The truth, you guys said you just want to wrap up. And you guys, anything? Any final words? Um, I just think you know that nostalgia is good in small doses, as long as it doesn't overpower everything else. Because even us, literally at the end of the last episode, it, after we finished it, we spent 20, 30 minutes reminiscing on sitcom. I mean, uh, on on um, Mad TV sketch comedy. <laughs> we spent 30 minutes talking about sketch comedy and sketch comedy shows that we enjoyed. You know, mm-hmm. and we didn't record it unless you're no. five thousand dollar a month exactly contributor. You can hear <laughs> exactly, that precisely that. But mm-hmm. it's nostalgia is good in doses, in my opinion. Instead of, instead of it making everything about who you are, and I feel like that it becomes this issue when every thing you see is nostalgia bait or something that is trying to poke at that nostalgic core in your brain that mm-hmm. it makes you think that something more creative is not worth your time mm-hmm. because you are so used to, well, this doesn't have the thing I like in it. So I don't care. Randall. Oh, I just think uh, there's always exceptions to everything. So um, most sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good, but it's got to be done the right way. And that's the, the whole the whole problem is that people just don't. Uh, they might have a good idea, but it just doesn't pan out because they don't have they don't execute right, or there's interference from studios, or there's people wanting to put this in or that in, or there's expectations that are trying to be met. So um, this is what we get. So I don't know how we change it or what to, I don't even know if you can. I think it's kind of the way things kind of always go with the entertainment world. So just hold on to the ride and love the stuff you love and let other people love the stuff they love. Well, then I'm going to leave you guys with a verse from Local H, which is a great song. Um, and to me, it's what's been going, it's the song that's been going through my head the entire episode. And we talked about this. But here goes, and here we go again. It's never going to end. We're all so sick of California songs. Yeah, we know you love LA. There's nothing left to say. Please, no more California songs. Fuck New York, too. We keep <laughs> getting these fucking writers and people from these areas because they're going to keep writing the exact same stupid ass stories because they're around because they keep smelling of the same stupid ass air. Like, just, you know. Get stories and go to other places. Hollywood doesn't control our stories anymore. We can go, we can go anywhere else and get stories. So, but yeah. So if you listen up this far in the episode, thank you. You're a true fan. Uh, you could have been listening to anything else in the world, but you decided to listen to this. And then I thank you. This is a live recording of a podcast that we do at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday. So please come hang out with us live. You know, c- come interact with the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, we thank you for downloading the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, say goodbye, everybody. Reboot. No, no, we're not doing reboot. We're not doing reboot. <laughs>